Welcome to the A Better Way to Farm podcast, where we share serious secrets about profitable farming. We appreciate you taking the time to join us, and we hope that you'll love the knowledge we share not only with you today, but also in future episodes. So let's get right into it. Hey everyone, Tyler here, field agronomist with A Better Way to Farm. To my right again is Nick. Hey! And we have another great podcast for you today. We're actually in Kansas City at our second Pro Ag event of the season. Uh, it's not snowing like it was in the tractor cab the last time we did this, but it is freezing outside. There is snow on the ground. There is a little bit of snow on the ground. Yep. So we're also here hanging out with our next guest. We're going to interview a friend, a counterpart, a Conklin director, and we're looking for him currently. Yep. <laughs> Um, this guest also received the Francis Child Award for his contributions to agriculture, so that's that's exciting, something I know he's very proud of, something I'm very proud of. He's a field agronomist for A Better Way to Farm, a CCA. He's even a presenter at our Pro-Ag Two-Day Fundamentals of Agronomy training that we're doing here today. Yes. So, a farmer from southwest Iowa, Mr. Preston Groby. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, thanks for having me on here, guys. I'm I'm very honored and touched, and that was a fantastic introduction. Thank you, Tyler. Well, yes, and thank you for being here, and welcome back from Canada. Hey. Hey. hey you think it's cold here? You should have been there. So, yeah, the last time that Nick and I were on here, we we brought that up, that you went up there. So, obviously, you made it back safe and sound. No, You, you weren't deported, which is good. Hey. Or were you? Hey. I guess you're back in the United States, so maybe you were deported. Yep. But yep. how was Tim Hortons? Uh, I love Tim Hortons. I, I didn't go to Tim Hortons. You were in, there was like two right across the street from each other, and you didn't go to a Tim Hortons? There was like two or three in the airport right when I got off the plane. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't drink coffee, so uh, I, didn't, I didn't really see the point. All right. All right. Fair enough. So explain to us, before we dive deep into this interview, kind of explain to us, um, what you were doing in, in Canada and, and why that took place. So I guess I was there, I was asked to go speak at this conference. Um, Neil Kinsey was there. Sweet. He, yeah. Um, Love he Neil. was, Huge boy crush. he was the main speaker. Um, so it was actually a Neil Kinsey, um, soil science workshop. And so that was really cool. And I was invited to go speak there with Neil and so it was an honor and a privilege to get to meet Neil. Um, he is a very neat individual, very, very polite gentleman, um, very knowledgeable, and not doesn't necessarily think that he has all the answers. So I really appreciated that, you know, someone of his stature, you know, he's wrote the book and he's had this following for years and years and years, but um, he is out there still willing to um, look at things differently and have a different perspective. And and so that was very comforting and and very good to know as well, but just a fantastic program. And it was great to get to know Neil on a personal level as well. Awesome. Do you do you want? There was another speaker there, correct? Yes. Did you want to mention Steve McQueen? He is also a very awesome individual, um, a genuinely nice person. Um, saw him on numerous occasions, whether it been at the hotel or the restaurants, where um, he just went above and beyond um, just to be nice to everybody. And it's it's great to have that that know that. There are still good people out there in, in today's world, in today's society, um, that, you know, we're not all just social media whiners and complainers, that there are still good people out there in the world. So kudos to Steve McQueen. I'm, I'm very honored to have him as a friend. Awesome. Maybe one of these days we'll be able to move some of the products up into Canada and work with some of those growers. Right now it's, you know, kind of by, by phone call and by gosh and by golly. So hopefully moving forward that'll be. 
something that we can do. So the one thing that I kind of wanted to start with was your, just your, your personal background, where you grew up, you know, where you went to school, all that, all that simple stuff. Well, if you ask some people, I don't know that they would say that I've grown up yet, but. I would agree. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but I grew up on a farm, so I was raised on a farm in southwest Iowa, and so I'm a fourth generation farmer, and if you want to rewind back about 15 years ago, I farmed with my dad, and we had the county average for yields, and my father learned a lot of his agronomy from his father. Sure. And his father farmed a lot in the Great Depression. And so they um, did a lot of Very farming. useful uh, for today. Mm. I would say we're probably not in the Great Depression yet, Tyler. Oh, my bad. No worries. No worries. So they had a lot of farming practices that were very economical, I guess I would want to say. So I'm not saying that that was wrong because um, they made money and they, that's how they made their living. And, and, and we had a good living. And so I, I thank them for all that they did for us. But uh, but as far as yield-wise, I always knew that there was more to be had. Mm-hmm. So I, I I read some articles, and I read an article about Francis Childs, and he had a 442-bushel corn. And I thought, wow, wow, 442, that, that's, that's absolutely crazy. Maybe I can't do 442, but I hopefully I can learn some things from Francis and okay. apply those things to my own farm and, yep. and improve improve on our yields. And then I read an article about Kip Cullors. And at that time, Kip's world record soybean production was 139 bushel soybeans. Mm-hmm. And then he broke that with yep. 154. And then he broke that with 160. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so then I thought again, maybe I can't do 160 bushel soybeans, but if I can implement some of the practices that he's using, it would just be better for me. Yep. So I learned that both Francis and Kip were using starter fertilizer. And so I went over to a trade show in Omaha, the Triumph of Ag Expo. And I stopped at every booth that had starter fertilizer. Almost every single booth in the place. Almost. Almost. And I ran across the Conklin Company. Hmm. And so I was talking with uh, Darren and Rod. And I found out that both Francis and Kip worked with the Conklin Company. Wow. So I thought, fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm home. I I found what I'm looking for. (laughs) And uh, so then I quickly found out that they were also looking for representatives in my area. And so we work hard, but we play hard. But I have learned so much. They taught me enough that I was able to go take the, the CCA exam, mm-hmm. and I was able to pass it on the first try. Well, that's fantastic. How many tries did it take you, Tyler? I I do have my CCA, Nick. Thanks for asking. <laughs> I don't think that's what he asked. I um, That's exactly what I heard. Yep. And I passed it. And Good job. I have Good it. We are proud of it. I am proud of you, too. And I got you through high school math, so yeah. shut your mouth. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> so sorry about that. So the next question that I that I kind of wanted to ask was, you, you mentioned already that you kind of you kind of sought out rod, and, and back then it wasn't you know a better way to farm like it is today, but it's still rod and and still Conklin and and those products and everything. So how long ago? When when did you join? And then you know again, kind of reiterate why did you join? And I'm going to consider you the kind of the OG. Outside the the family of of a better way to farm, because you really are, you know, as you look at, at Rod and the family members, I would say that you're the the first one, you know, the the OG of this. So I have been asked numerous times how I'm related, and I often say, well, I'm the one without the hair, but uh, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, we have we have a lot of fun together. Um, we work hard, we play hard, um, but he has taught me so much in agronomy, in agriculture, in the system. 
and also leadership and just genuine positivity and politeness and respect just everywhere you go. Sure. Pay, so, it, pay it forward. And that was still about 15-ish years ago, I think you said a, a little bit ago, or when? So 15 years ago was, was when I was far, farming with my father. So okay. It was about 2007, so about 12 years ago Okay. Uh, when I met Rod. Yep, yep. So I have a question for you. Go. What What is your favorite part about Rod? It's like got to be the hair, because I don't have Everybody it. loves right. the hair. Man, his hair, he can <laughs> rock, rock. And it is natural, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Man, he's got, he's got an impressive head of hair. Absolutely. Yep. Very jealous. But in all seriousness... What what drove you? Uh, so, so you know, we talked about your yield and and how you wanted to become a better farmer. Yep. And I knew and, there was a better way. Right. You knew there was a better way. Um, Just not on Facebook yet. Right. Back then. At that time. Yep. Was AOL? It was. Was Al yeah. president then? Bing. Oh, I don't think. Did you Bing it? Was the I'm, internet? I'm glad yeah. that didn't stick. Yeah, that was. Oh, really let's bad. just Bing it. Yeah. You know. Yeah, Google oh, sounds a lot better. It sounds way better. Yep. Google it. So. What tell me about how you you're able to um, because obviously you have a business yes um, and so tell me how you're able to use the Cochrane products and kind of leverage that for your business yeah so I am an independent representative or an independent business owner mm-hmm. as as it is technically called and so my independent business is called Precision Advantage because we create a prescription mm-hmm. on a field by field basis because you know all the time we hear oh. Well, your your soil is not like ours. You know, we've got different soil. Maybe that'll work in in your neck of the woods, but that won't work here. And so we create a prescription on a field by field basis, all across the United States. Hmm. So you're saying it starts with the soil test? Yes. Wow. That is something we have heard before. I think uh, Preston must have read that in one of his farm magazines. Yeah. That he got. Probably in yeah four hours. Yeah, how many have you gotten since the last time we talked? Seventeen. Yeah, I counted them. That's great. I'm glad you're keeping track. So, so we talked about how you know we're down here in Kansas City, uh, getting ready for our second pro ag event. Awesome. And uh, so, I guess I would just like to ask you, as a new person um, in the Conklin Company, what would a, what could we expect when we uh, join you at this pro ag meeting? Absolutely. So. We talk often about it being the fundamentals of agronomy, and so we talk about tillage practices, spray techniques, foliar feeding, nutrient efficiency, a lot of different things that don't necessarily pertain to products. Um, so we talk a lot about agronomy, and you know I mentioned earlier that this being in Conklin helped me pass my CCA, so mm-hmm. I am a certified crop advisor. And typically this program will actually qualify for 14 continued education credits because as a CCA, we've got to do 40 every two years. Mm-hmm. And so this program helps you get there. Yep. There's so many with soils, so many with pests, so many with nutrients. Yep. Um, so um, it's just a phenomenal program that's taught at a level that qualifies for those CEUs, but it's also taught at a level that I can understand it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Which is important. It's very important because guys like me need to understand it as well. So It is, and, and I don't know... If you knew this, but Dan just told me that uh, we get 15. It actually qualifies for 15 now instead of 14. Awesome. So, so does that mean next year it'll be 16? I'm hoping that's, I think that's the trend that it's progressing to. So that's fantastic. So yeah, I don't know. I know the last time that I looked, I had like a hundred and some 
CEUs, yeah. and you need 40 in a two-year period. So You're such an overachiever. Yeah, it's absolutely phenomenal <laughs> to get that kind of education with the amount of effort. No, I, I, I try really hard. You do. I do. We're I, all really proud of you. Yes. Absolutely. Your accomplishments Thank are you. great. I will be expecting my participation trophy in the mail. <laughs> Unsurmountable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So the one thing, obviously, Preston, I've, I've known you for a few years now, kind of in a, a previous life, um, you know, before I jumped on board, obviously, you were the one that kind of talked to me and, and convinced me, hey, you know what, your values and, and my values and our values align, you should come on board. So I think that was, I probably met you in 2012-ish, 2011-2012, but one thing that I've always known about you is that you're extremely passionate about agriculture. Yes. You, you absolutely love ag. Yep. So can you kind of describe to um, everyone listening here, you know, what really drives that passion? What what makes you wake up at 5.30 in the morning and say, I'm going to go get this day? Yeah. Yeah. So I guess... You know, farming's in my blood, and it's one of those things that once you get it in your blood, you can't get it out. But uh, I really, really enjoy farming, and have always enjoyed farming, and I just see that, you know, we feed the world. And so, was born and raised with that mentality that, you know, it's got to be done, so just go do it. So that's why I get up at 5 and 30 in the morning, and I just go do it. I love it. Yeah. I don't get up at 5.30 in the morning, but I do. Try to you do, do things go, most days. You do go do things. Yeah. Yeah, most days. I do. I will absolutely agree with that. Yeah. So the this is kind of a lead-in question because not that no one really cares about someone else's results, but I know that you've been putting in a Conklin plot and using the AgriVantage system for four years now, obviously. You just mentioned that. So the sake of this question, what are your testimonials? What are some of your personal experiences that you've had since you've been in the system. Oh, yeah. So I guess, you know, what's easy for me to say is, you know, Amplify D is so easy to try. Mm -hmm. And so we have that in the plot. If you move outside of the plot on our farm, I put it on everything. Um, just because I see such a phenomenal response. And if you look at the plot, um, since I've been with the company, my average is about 7.7 .7 bushels advantage over the check strip. Just on, amp just on the Amplify D product. Just on the Amplify D That's product. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yep, and so that is a fantastic return on investment. Yeah, because yeah. it's what a couple bucks an acre. Yep. Yeah, you know, so <laughs> yeah. that yeah, to get a hmm. seven, almost eight bushel response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So when I talk with new guys that haven't used it before, I talk to them about make sure that they leave strips without mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Because you know, in my early days. And somebody wanted to purchase enough to do 100% of their acres. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yep. I, I sold a lot. Yep. And come fall, I asked them what they thought. And they're like, oh, I really couldn't tell a difference. And I'm, yeah. and so then I asked them, I said, can't tell a difference to what? Yeah. If you put it on 100% of the acres, what are you comparing it to? Yeah. And so just, it, it doesn't have to be a lot, but you need to leave some without it. Yeah. And you need to mark it correctly <laughs> so that you know what has it on it and what does not. Yes. Being previous DSM for a seed company and putting in multiple plots over the years, it's definitely important to mark the plot correctly because, yeah, it's always a bummer when you go to take the plot out and realize stakes were marked wrong or you didn't put the stakes down to begin with. Yep. It's always a bummer. <laughs> so I asked that question to ask this next question because 
we all now are a part of a better way to farm. You know, yeah. we're all on this fantastic team with Rod and and with Karen and and everyone that's that this team is building up to. So, you know, I've got some personal testimonies as well. I know that Nick does as well. But but we work with people from not only just you know actually I guess we're all from Iowa, but we work with with people from all across the yeah not only the Midwest but all the way out even to the to the east coast. I mean we we actually cover we have team members on the west coast as well. So I wanted to let the uh, Nick gave me a weird look. So the left coast? The left coast. Okay. The left the coast. The left west? The west the, left. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The yeah. Southwest and the east coast. Airplane? Yes, as well. Exactly. Got some guys in New York. Yeah, so that's yeah. what I wanted you to kind of elaborate on is just your people, um, you know, you know kind of what your team looks like, and and you know this isn't you mentioned before it's not just my soul type in Southwest Iowa really responds well. You work with a team from all across the United States, and they've all seen pretty tremendous results. So yeah. just kind of talk about some of those things. Sure. Yeah. So it's awesome. The longer you're with this company, the more you will get your own testimonials from your own people. Um, so that's just phenomenal. You know, we've just been getting a flood of them this, this harvest, this season. So it's just fantastic. And you know, the excitement and the passion that those people have when they share those things with you is awesome. And, and that's what really probably drives me the most is, is to get those kind of testimonials in a positive way. And they're just excited and just really happy of what all's going on. So we work with some guys, um, have some customers in New York, have customers in Maryland, Pennsylvania, yeah. Ohio, Illinois, Indiana, Minnesota, Iowa, Missouri, Nebraska, South Dakota. We've done meetings out in Colorado. Yeah. Um, we've got some guys on the team that are out in Washington. Yep. Um, so we're just, we are all over. And it's awesome when you can go out. You know, we went out and did some alfalfa meetings out in Colorado. And it was neat to visit with those guys to see some of the things that are different. Like their first alfalfa cutting isn't until the end of June. Yeah. And so that that's quite conversely different than what it is in Iowa. Absolutely. But then it's also awesome to see some of the practices that we can implement and, and work out there that are very similar. So then we talk about foliar feeding the alfalfa and we talk about preservation of alfalfa. You know, you work so hard to, to get that alfalfa stand and produce that awesome alfalfa crop. So now let's put a preservative on it and keep it the best that you can. So yeah. Right. So when we talk about team members, uh, I am going to put you on the spot with this question. So who do you like better and why between Nick and I? I absolutely like Nick and I best. Fair answer. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. But that's not me. That's you. Yeah. That's what you said, though. You said Nick and I. You didn't say Nick and me. Oh. So what about Nick and me? I like Nick and me. But that's not. It's okay. I'll win. I like you. You know what? Thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Did you guys just have a breakthrough? I think we did. Did we just become best friends? No. No, we didn't. Like 30 years ago? <laughs> 34 and a half. 34 and a half years ago. Yes. Thank you very much. Because Nick is older than I am. And is that like an anniversary? Crap, I am actually 35. Yeah. Are you, dude, that makes you 36. Yeah. Son of a gun, my birthday that's coming up. Holy crap. I mean, oh, that's, yeah. Oh, it makes me feel old. Coming yeah. up in, in So that's May. two podcasts you've mentioned your birthday. I think you really want us to remember that. Yeah, I know. I'm, do I need to send you a calendar invite? <laughs> Why don't you send me a birthday card on your birthday? <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that through uh, email. 
It I just need, I, I'm struggling to put a stamp on it. Right. <clears throat> yeah, it'll happen. Or you put the stamp on the email. Right. Just <laughs> hit the easy button. Yeah. So, getting back to the the meat and potatoes of this fantastic interview, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. It's an interview. Yeah, it's an interview. So, the, the coolest thing that that I like is when we get to talk about guys, um, you, you know, because, I don't know, 80, 90% of the growers are using... You know, some form of anhydrous ammonia or 100% anhydrous ammonia, and they're and they're doing dry broadcast. You know, but we we really work with and we kind of fine tune uh, the, the growers' fertility programs that are using all liquid. You know, whether it's um, the nitrogen or the P and the K or even on the micro side. So I want you just to kind of to, uh, kind of elaborate to the the people that are listening how it is truly possible to build a yield to build a fertility program using liquid products absolutely so i've often had guys argue with me that they can build a way better program with dry than i can with liquid and i'm absolutely going to go to bat for that because the first impression is is that okay as far as a dry broadcast versus in furrow and the only reason in furrow strictly is because typically we are maxed out on gallons but the furrow jet has brought a new another new weapon to the to the arsenal, so that is phenomenal. Um, so that illuminates that as well. But I can absolutely you can you can start out in furrow, and then you can go to the wings on furrow jet, and then you can go to sideband, then you can go to uh, foliar, mm-hmm. and you can do multiple foliar passes. You can do wide drops. So there we can just do multiple multiple passes. And one of the things that I really like about that is when you're doing a dry broadcast program. Typically, they're doing that in the fall or the winter. Yep. And so they're blowing it all out there, and then they're gambling on Mother Nature cooperating. Yep. And they call her Mother Nature for a reason. Because? Because she's a mother. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Yeah, well, we'll keep this PG. Yeah, good thing you, yeah, stop there, but. um, I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah, so you're telling me that it's a risk to put your nutrients on in the fall when... When we could have a, I mean, surely we're not going to get a repeat of 2019, are we? <laughs> well, people say, well, hopefully next year being normal. <laughs> and I'm like, well, define normal. Right? Yeah. So we had some guys on the team that um, last winter, they took some videos and posted some pictures of the flooding that was going on. Mm-hmm. And the question was raised, well, what happened to all that P and K that was spread out there on those fields? Well, I can find it. You want to know where it's at? In the Gulf of Mexico? It is currently in the Gulf of Mexico. Yes. Yep. So so those are some things that we talk about, some things that we look at. And so so in a liquid program, you can come out and you can say, okay, let's put so much on with a planter. And then you can come back and you can do some side dressing. You can come back and do some foliar feeding. Yep. And if Mother Nature cooperates, then you can do more. Yep. And so, but if she if it turns out dry and everything dries and shrivels up, then stop. Yep. And you don't have to purchase those inputs. You don't have to apply those inputs. And so you saved all of that money. Well, and that's one of the things, just to kind of drive that home, you know, especially with the flooding, you know, we are all very close to the Missouri River. And, you know, mm-hmm. obviously Nick Farms on the Missouri River bottom. Yep. Um, you know, I'm I'm only seven miles from, from the Missouri River bottom. And I know, Preston, you're not that far, maybe 30 miles or something like that. But anyway, you know, when when the river came out, 
there are still guys with, um, you know, they had crop from 2018 still in the fields. They couldn't get out because it was too wet. Then the spring rolled around and they couldn't do it because it was too wet. And so now they have all this water sitting on their fields. And, uh, you know, in some of those, some of those cases, if those guys were able to get in there and try to get some of that off and then throw some of that fertilizer out there, I'm really just reiterating that point that, you know, holy smokes, you just, you got a poor crop. Yeah. And, and now you're dumping all these inputs on there and boom, it gets flushed, literally flushed right down the river again. Yeah. So, you know, going to the liquid side, it really kind of creates some efficiencies and creates some opportunities for people. But, but really we have all seen success with it. We all work with growers that have had success with it. And, and we've got a, another team member in Southeast Iowa, Delmer Yoder, that has actually shown soil test over 10 years, 11, 8, 9? 2 to 11, so it was 9 years. 9 years? 2002 to 2011. Yeah, where he built his, his soil test up. Yeah. You know, I don't know if we would really, we're not going to really attribute that to over-applying fertilizer, like some might think. So I guess I'll just let you finish that. What, what do we attribute to to to, to Delmer's increase in um, uh, soil test levels? So he increased his organic matter. He increased his P1 and P2 yep. and his K levels. Yep. Um, and you can see that, you know, from 2002 to 2006 and then also from 6 to 11. Yep. And so it was phenomenal to see that growth. And so you think about it and you say, okay, well, how, how explain that one. There is not a lot of potassium or a lot of phosphorus in a kernel of corn. Right. And on those fields, it was 100% liquid. There was no manure, no dry broadcast. It was just a corn-soybean rotation with our liquid program. And so there's not a lot of P and K in a kernel of corn. So what we do, a lot of that is left in the residue. And so what we do is we build a healthier, stronger crop. Yep. And then that stronger crop will biodegrade back into the soil. Yeah. And so that is how we are building our soil levels with a 100% liquid program. Yeah. And I also want to reiterate the fact, or not reiterate, I also want to mention the fact that plants absorb a liquid. Plants don't have teeth. Right. You know, Rod often gives the scenario, well, you know, I'll pay anybody money if they can find a plant with teeth besides the Venus flytrap. Right. Because... Yep. Because if you throw a dry out there, it's got to be converted to something that the plant can absorb. Yep. Right. And then not tied up. Yes. Right. So so now that we've done um, a couple of these podcasts and, and we've done yep. them a little bit different, as those guys are guys, gals, growers, everyone that's listening to these podcasts, what are what are some of the first few steps that you would recommend to a grower? that really isn't aware that there is a better way to farm. So the first thing is probably to reach out to us and, and we can visit with you and see what your goals are. Yep. You punch your location into your, or you punch your destination into your GPS. And the first thing your phone does is figure out where you're at mm-hmm. and then figure out where you're going. And then it creates your roadmap. Yep. And so we get a visit with you and find out what your goals are. And then we look at your soil test to see where you're at. And then we can create that roadmap or that prescription. I like that because it really doesn't make any sense to send you to San Antonio if you need to go up to Minneapolis. Yes. So I really like that analogy. That's fantastic. So we always, obviously, we are on the Better Way to Farm team. And we always talk about this in our meetings and stuff that we 
we're always looking for more people and and we we talk to growers all day every day that we have an opportunity and so for those again that are that are listening and, and they're and they're hearing this stuff they say you know what yeah, I, I really like what's going on here what are some of those opportunities that that the people that are listening to this podcast, what are some of those opportunities that we have for them? Yeah. So we're really looking for four different types of people. You know, the first one being a long-term customer. Yep. We're not here just to make a quick buck or a quick sale. That's not what we're after. And we want those long-term customers. Maybe we're not going to get a hundred percent of your acres this year, but we would like to think that in 30 years, we're going to have hundred percent of your acres. So yep. we want that long-term relationship. Yep. The second type of person is maybe that, guy that um, works off the farm and has an off-the-farm job and also farms as well and would like to maybe not have that off-the-farm job um, or would maybe just look for some additional income to yep. help um, ease some of those monthly bills. Mm -hmm. um, so we're looking for some part-time help. Yep. Um, we don't have quotas or minimums, and we're not going to push you to do anything. Um, just like with the, the customers, we're going to find out what your goals are, and we're going to help you achieve those. So the third type of person we're looking for is possibly someone that already has an existing ag business. Yep. Um, we pair very well with seed dealers, yes. um, maybe some independent uh, chemical dealers, um, somebody that already has an established ag business um, that we can we can pair up with so that dealer can diversify. Yep. Um, you know, I talk a lot with a lot of seed dealers, and seed dealers will make a hybrid recommendation, and the customer will come back in the fall and they say, well, that hybrid didn't perform like you said it should. And it had nothing to do with the hybrid. Mm -hmm, it had right. more to do with the fertility um, of the soil um, where they planted it. And so by them pairing with us, that also allows them to not only make that hybrid recommendation, but also allows them to make that fertility recommendation. And then the hybrid really performs better than either one of them ever thought it would. And so then the fourth person that we're looking for is maybe somebody that's looking for, looking to just blow this thing out of the water, wants to have a, a multi-million dollar business, would love to travel over all over the Midwest, much like you and I do. Yep. So those are the four types of people we're looking for, but absolutely, um, maybe that's not you. Maybe you know of someone. Yes. Um, but we ask that you don't some send us someone that you wouldn't be willing to work with yourself. Right. So that would that, yeah, be helpful. Yes, do that pre-screening. <laughs> yes. So what would you say is the, uh, the biggest gem that you have gotten from A Better Way to Farm? Not necessarily... You know, I we we all understand in in a, with the Better Way to Farm organization that there is there is no silver bullet in anything. Yep. But just elaborate what the biggest gem would be that you have gotten from being a part of this team. Absolutely, I would have to say efficiency. So we talk about efficiency with nutrients. Um, we talk about efficiency as far as trips across the field. We talk efficiency as far as logistics. Um, so you know, with your expertise. We try to help people figure out how to plan things so that when they go to the field, they're efficient in their time so that when they need to tend to that planter, that the tender is efficient, that mm -hmm. they can be efficient in actually doing the tending process so that they can be efficient back at the facility so that they can fill the tender efficiently. And so just efficiency in everything we do everywhere we go. Awesome. Well, Preston, thank you very much for allowing us this opportunity. Yeah, there you go. Pat yourself on the back for allowing us to do this today. It was fun and exciting. You know, the, the cool thing is that we, we get to sit here and interview you, but we talk, we all talk with each other absolutely daily. 
yep. anyway. Yeah. So so this was this was an absolute treat, and I, and I look forward to having you on more of the podcasts as well. Yeah. So you know I'm excited about the the future of this. Uh, as we move forward, I do want to mention again to like and share our Facebook page, A Better Way to Farm. Um, there are some goals that we're trying to hit with that. We're really trying to promote it. Get out there, like it, share it with anybody and everybody. Uh, go ahead and do the same thing with this podcast. Like it, share it. And if you if you really do like it, please leave us a review. You know, if it's uh, some content or the new format or whatever it is, go ahead and hit those stars and, and leave the comment. Go ahead and check out the other team members. You know, we work with a whole group of people. So some of the other team members, we all have different social media platforms as well. So go ahead and, and look at those, like those. If you want to get us get a hold of us there as well, you can. Uh, but by all means, shoot a text to Rod. Give him your contact information and what you're interested in. You can contact him at 641-919-1206. And... Again, thank you guys very much for this, and we hope you have a better day. Thank you for joining us this week on the A Better Way to Farm podcast. If you found value in this episode, we would appreciate you rating us on iTunes or simply sharing with a friend. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe and tune in next time for serious secrets about profitable farming.